Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good morning, guys. Good to be with you. I'm sure you've been busy, man, these last few days. Am I correct? Yeah, you kind of feel like a CPA on April 14th at 11.55. (laughs) Well, give us the damn numbers, man. What the heck is going on? Did you see this coming? And I'm in agreement. Our our buddy Seth Davis tweeted this the other day that this – these type of interactions and machinations, I guess, have been going on for a while now. I, I saw Sonny Vaccaro give an interview the other day, and he talked about how the NCAA has been at the forefront of allowing this and the monies to the schools and the shoe deals and apparel deals and all that. When did it get out of control? Well, I think that we all understood that in collegiate athletics that under-the-table recruiting existed. I don't think anybody ever you know, thought that that wasn't going on, but I think the difference right now with this specific case is this wasn't you know, recruits going to campuses on official visits and getting a duffel bag full of cash or anything like that. Or This was you know, assistant coaches wiring money through different third parties in an effort not just, obviously, to get a kid to commit to their respective institution, but to also benefit monetarily themselves. So this is an entirely new set of circumstances when it comes to what coaches will do to get players and also have people, in addition to those players, benefit by getting much more than a free education. John, how many Power 5 uh, conference schools are feeling safe this morning, or do you think everybody's got some dirt that they're now nervous is going to get dug up somehow? No, there's a lot of coaches in college basketball that do things the right way and take pride in doing things the right way from an ethically and moral standard. But, you know, I do think that everybody is going to be much more tepid with everything they do and how they operate their program moving forward because, I mean, let's face it, the NCAA investigating it was a serious, serious offense. We've seen coaches in the past get show cause penalties and people obviously lose their jobs. But when you are talking about dealing with the FBI and you are talking about federal investigations, you're not talking about potentially being out of college basketball for a year. You are talking about jail time. You are talking about things that will really end your life as you know it. So I think we're dealing with an entirely new set of circumstances. And, guys, you know, the interesting thing to me is there's really no end in sight to this entire process because in addition to what the FBI released on Tuesday when it released that probe that it had come up with and the people that it was set to arrest and potentially indict, you also have to have the NCAA respond to this once the FBI concludes their investigation. And to me, there's a lot of interesting layers to this thing. There's a number of players in this report, okay, that were accused, obviously, of taking improper benefits. Those players can never play college basketball. And also, there were four assistant coaches named in that report that obviously have been arrested. And by a rule that was issued in 2013 by the NCAA, it has been stated that the head coach is ultimately responsible for everything that goes on in his program. 
That's what had Larry Brown get a nine-game suspension a couple of years ago. That's what had Jim Behan get a nine-game suspension a couple of years ago. So I think we still have a lot of layers to peel off here. Uh, John, Brian Bowen, how plausible is it that Rick Pitino wasn't aware of this guy and his talent? You know, I think it's very plausible, BJ, that Rick Pitino didn't know what was going on with Brian Bowen. And you'll find a lot of head coaches that, again, are going to command that their assistant coaches get the best possible players that they can. And here's the difficult part. If the assistants on Louisville don't deliver blue-chip-level players for Rick Pitino, they might lose their job in a year or two. But as we've seen, if the assistants on Louisville do things that obviously are not in the up and up and they get caught, they still might lose their jobs on Louisville. So there's obviously a fight to maintain your livelihood at the highest level, but there's also the risk of getting caught. Louisville got caught. And the big difference between what happened over the last couple of days at Louisville versus other things that happened under Rick Pitino's watch in the last 10 years is that Louisville was caught in this deal with Brian Bowen through Adidas while it was already under probation by the NCAA. Going into next season, Rick Pitino was already going to serve a five-game suspension in the ACC for what happened with the prostitute scandal a couple of years ago. So even though that was going on, Louisville and their staff pretty much said, we are above the law. Obviously not. Will they get the death penalty, John? You know, I don't want to speculate on speculation, you know, in, in, in that regard. You know, Andrew, I think the one thing you have to look at right now is we've already seen after yesterday's press conference multiple players decommit from Louisville that were already committed. My question is this. Who hires the next head coach because they don't have a, an, a standing athletic director right now because they fired Tom Jurich? Who is the next head coach and what players – who signed to play for Rick Pitino, who, again, were ready to be a part of a top-five team and begin practice tomorrow, are going to opt to transfer, which a new coach, obviously, will be in place, they hope, by this weekend. And then if those kids opt to transfer, will they be granted potentially immediately eligible, eligible status because they signed up to play for Rick Pitino. Now there's extenuating circumstances. Oh, yeah, they have to allow them to move away from that program and be immediately eligible to play wherever they land. Uh, this inevitably comes up, the legacy question. I, I know there's still some unknowns here as far as Pitino, his attorneys saying that he did nothing wrong. Uh, the university, of course, sees that differently, and so does the FBI, apparently. Uh, what's his legacy? You know, his legacy is going to be, obviously, arguably the best coach, I think, at any level that we have seen over the last two or three decades with the way he's changed styles and the way that he's molded more successful head coaches than anybody else in college basketball over the last 20 or 30 years. But when you look right now at this last chapter under Rick Pitino, it is definitely stained. I mean, in 2009, again, he was the victim of an extortion attempt because he had an extramarital affair with a woman who wasn't his wife. And then two years ago, they, the book came out about the prostitute scandal that happened in a dorm that was named after his brother-in-law who passed away from 9-11. And now you have a scenario where, through Adidas, you know, that they are named in an FBI report as wiring $100,000 to secure a commitment from Brian Bowen. So I don't think you can ever take away 
Rick Pitino's legacy on the court, but there's always going to be this other side, and this other side will ultimately be what a lot of people remember because of how unfortunately messy for Rick Pitino his last decade in college basketball was. John Rothstein, college basketball insider for CBS Sports with us here on Gio and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. Going back to what Louisville does for a, for a head coach here, John, um, what kind of coach? Because you know Tom Crean makes sense, Stad Mata makes sense because they don't have a job. Can you see somebody that's currently employed leaving right now and taking over a Louisville program they don't know what's going to happen to? Well, first of all, we have to look at this. You know, you look, obviously, at the Louisville situation. No head coach, okay, can even think about taking over this job if they have a long-term deal. Because, as we've discussed right now, there's still a lot more to come down the path in terms of what Louisville could be hit with. I mean, Louisville, even if, you know, the head coach wasn't there, is a program that just had an FBI probe say that they wired $100,000 to a prospect while they were already on probation. So a long-term deal is obviously going to have to be a prerequisite for anybody who looks to take this job. I think you know, you're going to want to hire somebody with the highest of moral standards. Now, guys like Tom Crean and obviously Thad Mata are two people who fit that bill, but they're also two people who aren't hurting monetarily. They don't have to work. They made a lot of money at their past jobs. So you know, I think that, you know, from what I've gathered over the last night, there's a good chance that Louisville will aim to name an interim head coach just for this year, which I think, you know, will be a delicate situation. We've seen Teal in the NBA do that. We've seen people in college football do that. You know, I believe a couple of years ago at Arkansas, there was that situation right. in football with Bobby Petrino. And who did they hire? John L. Smith? Yep, so John L. Smith. I, I think you can see something similar, but, you know, it's all right now at Louisville being held together with a piece of gum. Because you don't have Tom Jurich in place, an athletic director that was seen as one of the best at what he did. You don't have a full-time president in place. And you have right now a program that has just lost two recruits in the rising senior class and could lose more players based on the circumstances that they are probably set to undertake here over the next couple of weeks. Well, Nebraska is dealing with an interim AD now. We discussed Dave Remington, who former All-American football player there who's the interim AD since they just sacked Eichhorst there, and now Louisville is going through the same thing. Let's go back to the the money, and I'm going to push back on you, buddy, because it's not a free education. You're in that scholarship, and so uh, nothing's free. you got to make sure you you bring something to the table. But all this money being bantied about and shared amongst others, and the athlete is now getting a little share of that, well, that – now throw, a, let's say, a wet blanket over this whole amateurism idea that is so, is so antiquated. The business model is so antiquated, and everyone is reaping the rewards except for the ones who are producing on the court or on the football field. Yeah, I think that it's two different instances because I, I think that this probe by the FBI is more an effort to clean up what goes on in college basketball as it comes to recruiting. I think the amateur issue is a, is a separate entity right now, but it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how they aim not just to clean up, obviously, recruiting, but, you know, clean up the game in general right now. Because, you know, I think, you know, Andrew, you brought up a great point, you know, how many Power Five coaches are concerned right now. I would say that anybody who has ever done anything that wasn't on the up and up is having a hard time when their head hits the pillow at night. 
John Rothstein, CBS Sports uh, College Basketball Insider, is with us here on Gio and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. I, I, you know, I, I almost I spent a few minutes thinking about this, John. And I, I, it's way too much of a slippery slope, and there's no easy solution. But long story short, I think that uh, you know I, I support a stipend or something extra for these guys. And in lieu of this, I'm thinking: Is there anything that we can allow in terms of recruiting? Because we know people are going to do illegal things to get guys on campus. But if we allow schools to provide even more incentives to go there, they they somehow clean things up indirectly. It's two separate entities, guys. Right. Two separate entities. The issue here isn't that players should be paid and this will be done. The issue here is that assistant coaches use third parties, financial advisors, money men, to wire large sums of money, not just to secure prospects, but for their own benefit. That's the issue here. The issue isn't here whether or not players should be paid. Well, the, I, I, I would disagree somewhat. Yeah, the, there's a larger issue with these guys, the coaches, getting players to go to their universities, which helps their universities and their programs generate a, a ton of cash. But uh, also they get a cut of it on the side. Uh, so I, I'm with you there. But it still begs the question, with all the money that's being generated, all the money that's infused into these programs for apparel companies, shoe companies, and what have you, uh, the only people left out of the transaction are the guys on the court, and they have to defer their monetary gains until their their uh, eligibility has expired. And, and while I'm not for wholesale paying players uh, across the board, no matter what the sport, I am for them having ownership of their likeness, their marketability. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, you know, something that will – have to monitor as this story continues to evolve, you know, if it goes off in that direction. But I think, you know, the big issues right now is how do the dominoes seem to fall? How quickly will, you know, the FBI look to make, obviously, another school a victim, as we saw Louisville become a victim yesterday? I mean, we just saw last night mm-hmm. Alabama released, obviously, a statement that they began an internal investigation of their own basketball program and somebody who previously was on their staff and worked before going to Alabama as a director of enforcement for the NCAA has resigned. We have a snowball wow. effect right now and a story <laughs> that we've really never really seen in our lifetime in collegiate athletics, and it came out of nowhere. Yeah. And this is all happening right now, 24 hours before the start of the season. There was a season that people like me and others for college basketball were planning for on Monday, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Tuesday morning, a completely different season has emerged out of nowhere. Well, good for you. It'll keep you busy. Now, of course, there are going to be those who want to turn an eye to another iconic program in the state of Kentucky, and that's the University of Kentucky, and John Calipari with his past uh, transgressions, UMass, Memphis. Uh, Is there going to be a a look into that program as well? No, I mean, I'm not going to speculate on, obviously, you know, what programs are going to be looked into. I think the next thing Mm -hmm. that, you know, you have to look at is the four programs that had assistant coaches who obviously – you know, were arrested earlier this week. And obviously what happens at the University of Miami, he sent out a statement late on Thursday night or for Wednesday night that they are indeed under FBI investigation. I think, mm. you know, Miami is the next thing to monitor here, who acknowledged, you know, 
the uh, press release that they're, that they're right now under FBI investigation. John, in some perverted way, are there folks in the NCAA offices that are happy that the FBI did this for them because they couldn't do it, and now they get to go on their high horse and start handing out punishments and talk about cleaning up the game? Well, I think that there's some happiness that, you know, obviously some of this came to light, but I also think that the people in the NCAA office know that they're going to have a much busier fall and winter than they anticipated. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, should I ask you Fordham questions now or just email those <laughs> to you? Off the air. Yeah, well, you have my number. Just text, buddy. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> Judging by the Rams roster, we were not paying for anybody to come to the Bronx to play basketball. <laughs> I'll just say that. Uh, John, Thanks you're the best. Yeah, John, you're the best. Thanks, I'll man. talk to you soon. Thanks, uh, guys. John Rothstein, college basketball insider for CBS Sports. You can read him as well at fanragsports.com. Uh, what a and mess. Did he go to Fordham as well? No, no. Oh, I don't know I where John. So. John actually, and I think Greg has mentioned this, John has a an amazing story to becoming what he is now. Yeah. I'm, and I'm, I may have this wrong, but I think the first time John got on the air, he like won a contest at the ESPN radio affiliate in New York with Brandon Tierney. Hmm. He just kind of like he, he's completely self-made, right? He's not a former player mm-hmm. or, you know, or he just loved college basketball got himself this chance, proved that he knew what he was talking about, and people kept using him. He just grew and grew and grew and grew and grew. And now he's college basketball insider for CBS Sports. The Has, big ragu. Mm. According okay. to uh, CBS Press Express, mm. Ithaca College grad. Ithaca College. There you go. Oh, okay. There you go. Cool. All right. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. A legend died last night. Not sure if Greg mentioned his name on the air recently. That's next on Gio and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. Have you ever been told my uh, Warner Ladders story? No, I have not. One Drop of, it on me. Pete might have a clip of it. It was during uh, from the John Feinstein show. So this is pre-Gio and Jones. Okay. And they were promo. Uh, they were they were sponsoring an update, and they had a ladder that I forget what they called it, but you it was like circular, so you could work. In any direction. Right. Okay. I didn't say direction. Uh, ooh. Yeah. Enough yeah. said. Yeah. I gotta find that. It works yeah. in any... Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. That's and my it, line. And it might. I just don't think that's what Werner was right. selling it for. Nah. I'm pretty sure they weren't talking about that. Yeah, and it was really cool because uh, Sweeney Murdy, who's been on this show yeah. often, who I Yankee respect... Yankee beat writer. Exactly, who I respect a lot. Uh-huh. Uh, Romeo email said, "Did you just say that? Yes, Winnie. Thank you for listening. Ah, that's Great cool. You make... just wanted to make sure people were yeah, paying no, attention. I'm glad that was one of my initial mm. impressions on Sweeney Murdy is me saying that instead of direction. Cool. I'm cool. uh, speaking of that. What? Well, Sweeney Murdy. No. Can I uh, give a shout out to John because he was great and that's some great information. But he turned me on to one of the best steakhouses in the city. Oh, John Ralston. Yeah. Okay." Yeah, who we just Did you figure out what it was called? Strip House. Strip House. So good. I can see why that would appeal to you. It's been so long since I've been there. I'm coming to see you, Strip House, next week. Mark it down. Big old tasty steak. If it's got strip in it, it's for Brian Jones. Come on, man. Like, Uh, (laughs) about the steak. Uh, It's it's update time. Here's Brad Heller. (laughs) All right, guys. Two teams clinched spots in the MLB playoffs last night. First in St. Louis. Here's the pitch. Fly ball to deep center field. Back goes Martin at the wall. He's there. He's got it. And the Cubs win the Central Division. Second year in a row, Pat Hughes with the call. Cubs Radio Network calling the 5-1 win over the Cardinals. It's Chicago's third straight trip to the postseason. There was also a party in the Twins Clubhouse in Cleveland. 
even though they lost to the Indians 4-2. to The Angels fell the White Sox 6-4 in 10 innings, so Minnesota clinching the final playoff spot in the American League. Here's second baseman Brian Dozier on Fox Sports North. The amount of emotion and happiness you feel is unbelievable. And in six years, my six years, some of these guys have did it. This is a special moment, and you can't ever take this for granted. I can never be as proud in my life as with the group of guys that I am right now. It's unbelievable what we've accomplished. We still got work to do. I'm so proud. Now, this is the first team ever, ever to lose 100 games the previous season and and make it to the playoffs. That's a big deal. And I got to say this. um, Baseball celebrations can get tedious, and you can do them too many times. Uh, I love that they were sitting in their clubhouse eating food, watching that game end, and then they erupt when Nicky Delmonico hit a home run. To end the White Sox game, it looked like it looked like one of the selection Sunday shots. Yes, it did. Where the school freaks out when they see their name finally on CBS. Uh, I thought that was a we nice. On CBS, everybody freaks out when they see their name on CBS. I mean, come on, dog, it's CBS. Sit and shiver, Brad. <laughs> All righty, the Twins are on track to visit the Yankees in the wild card game next week. Yankees beat the Rays in New York six to one, but the Red Sox also won ten seven over the Blue bad. Jays. So Boston's magic number down to two in the AL East. Rockies closing in on the final wildcard spot in the National League. They beat the Marlins 15-9. Brewers shut out the Reds six zip. so Colorado's lead is two and a half on the Brewers, three and a half on the Cardinals. Rick Pitino's attorneys releasing a statement saying their client has done nothing wrong and, quote, the rush to judgment is regrettable. Louisville placing Pitino. No, I'm good. <laughs> you don't regret that, though? No, I'm fine. Okay. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Won't regret it. Okay. Sorry, Brad. Louisville placing Patino on unpaid administrative leave. The fallout from the federal probe into corruption, fraud, and bribery in college basketball recruiting. Athletic director Tom Jurich was placed on paid administrative leave. Mm. Give me my money. The President's Cup (laughs) starts this afternoon in New Jersey. Tiger Woods, the assistant captain for the U.S. team, after a fourth back surgery in April. Tiger acknowledging that his career could be over. Yeah, definitely. I don't know what what my future holds for me. Sure. Um, all yeah. I, I, yeah. I've told you guys, I'm hitting 60-yard shots. Sure. sure. I don't know. Yeah, it's over, dog. What do you want me to say? Tiger's so bad at being lighthearted, he had, to, he had to point out his jokes yesterday when he was doing that. It was a pretty good one. Yeah. Like, smile. I'm, I'm joking. I'm oh, joking, okay. dog. Sorry, Eldrick. Yeah. My bad. Yeah. yeah. It's been a while since we've heard his, quote, sense of humor. So, hasn't spoken publicly in a while. But here he is, captaining the President's Cup team. Hitting 60-yard shots for fun. His glutes can activate enough for that. Y'all are so mean, man. Dude couldn't ride in a cart until recently. I mean, I do. I I, I know there's a lot of reasons not to have sympathy for him, but I I feel bad for Tiger. What are the reasons, man? Well, I I mean. Come on. uh, What? Torrid extramarital affairs are a reason to. Wasn't getting it at home, dog. Brad, you done? (laughs) All I got. All right. Thanks, Brad. Okay. (laughs) I mean. (laughs) Oh, uh, what? You mean what? I I mean, I I just. Come on. Let's talk about some good stuff. Well, you say these ridiculous things. That was not ridiculous. I sort of have like logical conversations with myself. I'm having a logical conversation. Beautiful Elon wasn't. You can be beautiful and still not be the one. I, I don't dispute that. Yes. In fact, I've, I've come to the defense of other people. Like, my mom used to get mad at Brad Pitt for leaving Jennifer Aniston, and oh, no really? one loves Jennifer, Jennifer Aniston more than I do. Uh. But I used to say, well, what if she's a horrible person? Like, I know she's beautiful, mm-hmm. and I, I would love to hang out with her, but what if she's terrible? Right. So you can bounce. And But I'm, I'm, as you're saying that, I'm thinking, well, 
if I have a problem with Elon, am I going to Perkins parking lot? I mean, <laughs> men of beautiful people in Perkins. I am not that Perkins, apparently. There are pictures. Uh, I, ne- I never saw a picture. Oh. I wasn't that interested. You probably. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, we don't want <laughs> Those are the noises you make in Perkins parking lot. That one night. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow we have a very easy segue to the passing overnight of Hugh Hefner, 91 years old. Mm. Um, And and another, like, conflicted guy to break down because on one hand, I mean, he lived a life that almost every man would sign up to live. So you're jealous of that. But the, the old man, young woman, and multiple young women, like, Trapped in that house. It's a really what do you mean trapped? Sketchy... They could leave. <laughs> no, no, they can't. A lot of them left. Yeah, after years and years. What do you mean years. trapped? They well, had nowhere else to go. go. <laughs> Some of them wanted to be there. It's not like he had them chained up in the crib, in the basement somewhere. Uh, kind of. No, he did if not. You listen to some of them. Oh, they might yeah. as well have been. Okay, you could leave anytime you want if you can find the door. Yeah. <laughs> you can check in, but you can never check out. It's like it a gang. Just, just, Once you're in, yeah. you're always in. You're always a crip. Okay. <laughs> Until we beat you out. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just um yeah, that was there's something gross about that. But um, hey, that old that dude lived a very fruitful life. And he didn't force anyone against their wishes to hang out there. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. He was good to those folks, right? Those women, and it kept him young. It did until it didn't. And you are, uh, you're a family member. You're the only one in this room that's been in Playgirl. So there you go. <laughs> Unfortunately for me, too many dudes looked at it. <laughs> Body built for sin. <laughs> yeah, didn't have the effect I thought it was going to have. <laughs> Cruise to Alaska uh, with my of, boo. Speaking, didn't speak, your target demo? speaking of your your faux pas, it went in the wrong direction. <laughs> I am weakened by the spectacle. Oh, oh girls don't read this magazine. <laughs> no oh. joke. Oh. I thought the Playboy was for us guys and Playgirls for those girls, but nope. nah, nope. don't work that way. Nope. Not good when you have dudes waiting outside the stadium for you to sign their copy. Yeah, that's mm. really not girls' things, huh? They just don't like... No, they're, they're not, not like us. They're not they're visual not, like us. They're not perverts like us. No. Yeah, that's a fair assessment. Yeah. We are yeah. pigs. Yeah. I mean, we really we can are. be. I mean, yeah, I'm with you. Women, no, not so much. They keep theirs undercover, under wraps, they if are, you will. They are sneaky. Mm-hmm. Yes. They are sneaky. And yep. there are some that break the mold. But across yeah, the board, I mean, we are just disgusting oh. individuals. Across, you, Boom. I mean, there it really is. Are. Don't try to deny it, man. You know you are. That's why I have the Better Man Show. But then It'll there, make them better. But there is this. I cannot see a, And I think you and I discussed this before. The reverse situation, I could never... I couldn't... If there was a female Hugh Hefner who mm-hmm. was 80 and rich and could give me all the things I ever wanted, 25-year-old me is not in any conceivable way having a relationship with 80-year-old Fiona Hefner. Yeah. But all these girls signed up for it. And I just, and it's not, and he is not the only octogenarian to score 25-year-old girls. I don't understand how that ever happens. And and they are under the, they understand, they are under the premise that 
this may not be my my man, and I may not get any of this money he has amassed over right. over decades. But they still show up because of the prestige and the brand that he was able to build. Like I'd really have to be really, really, really down on my luck to like go live with Jane Fonda for a year and do whatever she needs me to do just to have some kind of like comfortable life. That's just not a trade I'm willing to make. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. That uh, the teardrops wouldn't do it for me. Yeah, no. and the but, but it happens all the time. It in does. The other direction. And the, they say it's a woman's world or a man's world, but it wouldn't be what nothing without a woman's touch or something. What does Jam, James Brown, I Jim don't know Brown say? What I don't you're know, talking anyway. about right now? I have now. no idea. Like anyway, easy, Ray let's, Lewis. Let's go. If you say it like <laughs> if you say it like a preacher, maybe I'll understand it. It's a man's world. <laughs> I, I've been to, before. I've to point this out on Inside the NFL. He's sitting right next to Boomer Esiason, and he's when he's talking about Shannon Sharp, he's gesturing and he's right in Boomer's lap, and I can see Boomer with all his strength trying not to lean away and insult Ray Lewis. But Ray is like right in his lap. I'm not using Brian's mic. He's like right here doing this, and, and Boomer's just sitting there. Yeah, that's too close, dog. And it was like, can't uh, lean away. Can't all, lean away. Can't my, lean away. Can't lean away. Space. Don't I gotta say this man to man. Oh, shut up. Man to man. <laughs> You're saying it to the world. I'm I got a problem. I, I got an issue because we were just talking about food. Now all of a sudden I'm hungry because I'm on this strip house website. And there's a steak I always get when I go to Ruth Chris, my other favorite steakhouse. It's the porterhouse for two. <laughs> for one. For one, exactly. Now, at the strip house, their porterhouse for two is $64, which is less than the one at Ruth Chris, but it's Ooh. 64 per person. Ooh. Now, if it's just one person eating it, do you just pay the 64 That's the question. And I'm, I'm going to have to call and ask because it's just for me. That's a, that's a good question. That's a great question. Are you going to charge me $128 or are you going to just charge me $64? And I'm, I'm assuming Strip House is like elite enough not to have some gimmicky contest. Yes. Or like if you can finish well, it by yourself, something to mall because we have an in-studio yeah, can't guest wait. coming. We'll, yeah. we'll have an, we'll we'll have an answer when we we'll come back the from the house. break. And then we'll talk to David Ross, who is live in studio on Geo and Jones right after this on CBS Sports Radio. It's the show that Ray Lewis blocked on Twitter. Geo and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Andrew Bogus in for Geo, Brian Jones dancing and singing you back from break, and we're joined in studio uh, by longtime big leaguer, now working here with uh, with Scotts. Speaking of uh, dancing, mm-hmm. he can cut a rug. <laughs> I you... used to. Those days, those days are over. Man, you were shaking your money maker. We seen it. Mm-hmm. I hey, I enjoyed it. I couldn't, but I surprised myself. There, there's not too often that I'm proud of myself or something. <laughs> that was one of them. Getting out <laughs> there, like, and doing that in front of all those people. Like, wait, I didn't know I could move like that. Hey, it's My amazing coach... what fear do for you, right? <laughs> That's right. A lot of adrenaline going on on that dance floor. I promise you that. Uh, David Ross is with us here in the studio. Is it? Is it weird when you've played for so long and were on good teams and did so many remarkable things as a player, and then you do this one show for a couple of months and all of these new people now know who you are when they didn't 
for the previous like 15 years. It's amazing. It's a whole new fan base. You don't yeah. realize how many people are locked in to dance with the stars. And I walk through the airport now, and I've got this 70 to 75 year old ladies down. Boy, they hug <laughs> on me. They're, they're grabbing the love handles like you know that dancing with the stars guy. I'm like, yes, ma'am, I was. Thanks. Uh, I got two rings, but uh, yes, I did dance in front of millions of people. So you've got the grandma market. I got the corner. My wife laughs her butt off every time. It is a trip. I'm telling you. I, I travel. I travel, and I just I, I can see it in their eyes when they see me. They don't know me, but they're like, wait a minute. I think I saw him dance a little bit. Be gentle with them, baby, yeah, okay? Right. All right, they're fragile, man. I, that's what I tell them to me. They're a little aggressive. They're more aggressive than you think. Well, I'm like, hey, ladies, stop. Don't touch me there. It's been a while for them. Uh. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's perfect great. for your wife because there's no threat. No so threat. So it's just fun. Yeah. No threat. She my partner was amazing. Anything. Yeah, my, my wife, I mean, you got to know her. She's the shyest person in America, and she gets she just starts dying laughing, just kind of <laughs> starts hiding in the corner. I'm like, wait a minute, baby, you're supposed to save me in this moment. <laughs> it's great. It's, now, people are so nice. We, we we see the final product on that show. Well, some people do, uh, and because I haven't seen a full episode, but that's a lot of work that goes into that. Oh, it's a lot of work. It's it's four or five. You know, towards the end when you're doing two dances, almost seven hours a day wow. every day. I've, I've never trained so hard for something in my life. I mean, harder than baseball. Obviously, that's a that's a more natural thing to me. But you're talking about choreographing, learning choreography, and and uh, two dances within you know a six day span, and uh, then learning to do it at the studio on that dance floor is different. And then all of a sudden they switch the music on you, and the live bands doing it. And then wow. yeah, I mean it's it's intense. I I lost about 15, 20 pounds doing it, and uh, and a lot of a lot of frustration along the way. It, it's so you do the you do the dance, you learn it, and you do the dance on Monday, and then you you're so happy that you didn't fall on your face. <laughs> and come Tuesday morning, it's you got to forget it all. You, yeah, you're starting from scratch, a whole new dance, a whole new technique, new uh, new things you can and can't do with your body and your feet, and uh, it's a lot. It's a lot of work, and it's a it's a special journey. I learned a lot about myself and uh, how much of a perfectionist I really am. I thought I was real chill and laid back, but uh, I, I'm. I'm intense. When you want to win. I want, well, you just yeah. want to. You don't want to embarrass yourself. Like True. I didn't want to. So I just. Yeah. I, I don't know that I. The, the winning was the ultimate goal, but I didn't want to get out there yeah. and, and 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 represent MOB in a bad way. So <laughs> well, that's refreshing what you said about losing the weight because you go out nowadays, which I don't do that often, but. People don't dance anymore. We used to go out when, oh. when I was younger and dance, and you'd leave the club all sweaty. But that's how you met the girls. You get them on the dance floor, and now people just lean on the wall, and they want to talk. I don't want to talk. First of all, I can't hear you in here with all this music blaring. Let's just go cut a rug. Well, nobody dances together anymore. And and you're, and the the probably you don't even realize you're exercising. It's so much fun to yeah. learn a dance and choreography, and then the music play, and you nail it. Like, you, like yeah. if, if, if – uh, if Candy Shop comes on, I've got mm-hmm. the routine down to do, guys. I'm telling you. I've got it. No, don't do that to me. Don't do that to me. <laughs> There's no cameras in here. It was uh but but honestly, it's a fun exercise and, and especially if you there's now starting classes, especially in LA. Some of some of the girls on the on the show uh, and the coaches had started some schools over there where they teach choreography to music and, and you get a, a big kick out of it. It's fun. So you're here today with Scott's and their blue ribbon panel picking a handful of baseball and softball fields around the country to get grant money for improvements, which uh, is really important because I remember growing up and what it, it felt so much better to play on like a real field, a big field right. a, yeah. that's manicured and the grass is cut and things. I mean, you felt like you felt extra special when you're playing a game like that. This is so close to my heart. Scott's field refurbishment program and being uh, an ambassador for them and being on this panel 
is really cool to me because I do now that I'm home more and with my kids, I go to these fields and, and my nephew's playing little league and you see the batter's box at and you know manicure. I don't know, just a little two foot hole. My my nephew's kind of a shorter guy, and so he steps in there and you're like, wait a minute, there's no strike zone for this guy <laughs> uh, for Toby. So it's uh it's definitely uh, and I've become a field snob, obviously playing in the major league. So when when Scotts is going to come in and do the grass for these communities that are going to going to better the environment around there, have these kids play on a, a you know a big league caliber field and. Uh, they're doing grass, they're doing dirt, they're doing mounds, they're doing fencing. I mean, they're going to make it nice. And and when you got a place like that in your community, it just brings more people out. Right. And, and, it, and it grows the sport, honestly, for yeah. me and a guy who loves baseball. It grows baseball in the community. So I'm super excited. Now, how will Major League Baseball and Scott go about choosing which fields to revamp? Okay, so we need everybody to apply. Go to MLB.com slash Scott's Field. And apply. Send in the reason why your field needs mm-hmm. uh, refurbishment. What you know? What needs the most work? And and I'm gonna get to, I'm gonna get a chance to to read all these and tell us why. <laughs> I'm super excited. Mm-hmm. And uh, and figure out the, the five best. It's like fifty thousand dollars that there's possibly that they put into each field. So there'll be five fields that get chosen throughout the country. I'm Listen, sure. David, Maylie, Bay. I feel is. That's why we need yeah, it right should, there. Simple, straight no, to the point. We're playing on gravel, man. No doubt, no doubt. And 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 you know, a one bad hop. And I know we're talking about uh, kids here, but yeah. being at the Little League World Series this year, you see how, how the caliber of play is pretty yeah. high. One bad hop for a kid. Now he's going to the hospital. Now right. he doesn't like baseball. Maybe you know. So True. you want these things to be manicured, like you said, being able to play on a grass field oh. in Little League. I mean, how cool is that? And you're like, you feel like you're on TV. You know what I loved the most too was having a fence. So many fields, you know, it's like four diamonds all fitting together, right. and like the left fielder from one field is right next to the center fielder. <laughs> the first time we play with a fence, I'm like, this is kind of cool. We but should always have a fence. You can really hit a homer for the first exactly. time rather than like the in the park, inside yeah. the park. Well, thing. Both of you were good. I couldn't. Well, but, yeah. well, and <laughs> I, I needed and, to be able to run all day. I, and, I, and I'm the opposite. I didn't want to run. I was a slow guy. <laughs> I don't care how far I hit it. They still got me out at home. So I was, uh, I'm excited to, to be a part of this. And you're right. That having a fence and be able to hit your first homer ever is, you know, that's a, that's well, a cool we, feeling. We, we were pole, but we at least had a fence, man. Come on. We, we did better than you guys. <laughs> we're pole. We're pole. Yeah. We, we, had a, we had a fence. We didn't have any uniforms for about the first week, though, my, my, my little league career, but we did have a fence. Now, uh, your, your Cubs, your last team you played for, you won a World Series with, clinched uh, the Central last night. Uh, any regrets hanging it up? Or you oh, felt man. like you were done? You know what? So it's funny you asked that. I texted those guys all night last night, and um, – it was so much fun to watch them celebrate, but I, I haven't missed it at all. Literally, really? I haven't missed it not one bit until last night. Okay, uh, until last night, I I wanted to be in that locker room spraying champagne. Those guys, that journey that you go on, and the the ups and downs, and frustrations, and the joys, all comes down to that game, and you get to celebrate and get into October, and it's going to be a fun October, I think, for Major League Baseball in general. A lot of good teams. Uh, I feel like there's multiple teams that can win the World Series that are going in there. Almost, you know, seven, eight teams when you really yeah. look at it. They got a chance. So I'm happy for those guys. And, and you know, those guys are brothers for life. But I, I hadn't missed it at all till last <laughs> night. And I'm like, it! <laughs> what were you thinking? Wait, so is there a David Ross movie? What is this? There is there is a uh, there's a movie coming out. Uh, a, a, well, a uh, uh, Radar Pictures bought the rights to my book. And so okay. they're in the process of, of – Doing all that, I'm. I'm. They in touch a little bit, but I'm. I'm kind of me personally. Have waited. Going to wait till baseball's over. I've been a little gotcha. busy this year to to dive into that. So I don't know. 
a ton of details, but they're they're working hard and and moving forward on that as much as they can. Because I just saw Joe Madden would like Bill Murray to play him. And yeah, David Ross. Yeah, you like, and me both. Right. right. I mean, who, <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, yeah. Get all the cool actors you can. I'm I'm fired up for that. Tell, be us, great, but. tell us a little bit about the book. Well, it's called Teammate, and mm-hmm. uh, it was a New York Times bestseller first week it came out, which was cool. Sweet, and, congrats. Yeah, how about that? And uh, who would have thought? I mean, you know, that's my joke to everybody. Who would have thought a guy that can't read can write a book? So <laughs> it's like, it's, it's, uh, it's been a really cool mo- moment for me having having that, you know, being able to put out there about my career and, and especially the Game 7. is kind of framed around Game 7 and, um, you know, being a part of, of having a book and, and when, you, when you're talking about it and, and getting, putting your words down, you really reminisce about a lot of things that happened in your career and help shape you as a person. And I really wanted to put out there, I got a lot of credit at the end of the year for being this great teammate and this leader on this team. And, um, and I appreciate all the love, but it really, it was a lot of people that affected my career that just kind of came out on the, at the end of my career. You know, guys like Brian McCann, Bobby Cox, uh, Dave Roberts, now the, the manager for the Dodgers. It's just Robin Ventura. I mean, the list can go on and on of the guys I, I can talk about. And um, I really wanted to give some credit to those guys in the moments, how they shaped my career, and some ups and downs. It's not always been roses, and I got released by Cincinnati and had a had a moment with Dusty Baker where it wasn't uh, one of my proudest moments as a baseball player and uh, had me a little gut check for me about, you know, who you really are and, and your priorities and how you need to put the team first and, you know, when – you started getting selfish and and you're and just thinking about self all the time. It's not good. So I learned a lot of lessons throughout my career, and I just wanted to put those down and 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 show how my career was shaped and who I was at the end of my career. Did you and Dusty interact after that down oh, yeah. the road? And, oh yeah, and he came. Make peace? Yeah, he came to Dusty's awesome. He came to uh, he came to Wrigley was doing some stuff my first year and and with the Cubs in '15, and we talked for probably 30 minutes and uh and we got to hash that out a little bit it was a lot of immaturity on my part and he was new trying to trying to set the culture in Cincinnati yeah. and um I didn't handle things real well and went to went to his office at the wrong time and um said the wrong things and you know I, I you look back I, I would have done the same thing yeah get this guy out of here he's not about the team and um and it was actually probably one of the best things that happened and Theo Epstein same thing uh picked me up in in Boston and uh, at the end of the year, we went to the playoffs, and and afterwards, he told me some some real truths about my career, and uh, for him to shoot me straight, and and for me to be able to look in the mirror and wanna not want to be the person he was talking about it was you know you got two choices right you can be mad and blame everybody or you can right. kind of look in the mirror and say hey who are you who do you want to be what do you want your reputation to be yeah MLB dot com slash Scotts Field uh, applications accepted starting on October first and November fifteenth if you want to get your baseball or softball field. Uh, a nice chunk of change to get upgraded uh, and make things even better for kids learning uh, the game that we that we all love. David Ross, love congrats it. on a tremendous career. Yes. Best of luck with this and uh, the Geo and Jones house band. Oh, <laughs> play yeah, there, there you go. You Come wanna, on, bust the move. You want to dance? You can dance. Thanks for having me, boys. I won't embarrass myself in front of you guys. You still respect me a little bit. No one else is watching. That's okay. The cameras around you are not necessarily on. That's that's for the next show, right? Thanks again to David for jumping on with us. And again, MLB.com slash Scottsfield. Dr. Harry Edwards is next on Gio and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. 
Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.